0: Hey, guys, Clemente here from Breakdown Breakdown. Uh, just wanted to let y'all know that this pod's going to be centered around the discussion panel slash Q- Q&A that the Funder held after their early press screening this past Thursday over their recent film Seeds of Greenwood. Uh, the movies about the Thunder for those program, which helps out um, black children in Tulsa. Uh, when it comes to, uh, educational opportunities and it also, you know, talks about how the importance of remembering the Tulsa race massacre. Uh, so there's so the funder held an early press screening for media on Thursday over it. The film came out on Friday and the people, the creators of the film, um, were able to, you know, just talk about it a little bit beforehand. And then afterwards they were willing to answer some questions from the media, uh, I don't think anybody's uploaded this yet from the funded media. So I guess I just wanted to like, you know, give you guys access to it just so you can, you know, listen to uh, the behind the scenes stuff on their part. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for listening.
1: When we, when we were starting to cover and uh, decide how we we're going to cover Nick Collison's final couple weeks in, in his career in the NBA, we talked about and Nick was good with it following him along. And then we started putting together the plans and it was like this is really gonna be good and we're like this is like a film and so we, we decided to create a separate entity within the Thunder a partnership between the area I oversee which started broadcasting and the area that Matt and VP of basketball communications oversees. and uh, we work together all the time on content um, and we do great content across the board but with this entity of OKC Thunder Films, we just push it an extra notch. Um, we had our wonderful crew. Um, I'm not gonna name everybody probably, but you know, Paris, you know them all, Paris, Nick, uh, Michael Zubak, who's our editor, our filmmaker, our cinematographer, our videographer, our producer, our am Hey, you know, uh, director. Uh, he was basically yeah, doing this so embedded within Thunder Talk watching these kids almost every day, developing a relationship with them and their families and the staff, with other fellows. it really shows in the film. Uh, John Reed, Gail um, you know, Maxwell who's here. Uh, we also have a really cool, which we'll talk about afterwards, a really cool music partnership for this. And we're we'll, we'll, gonna we'll talk about that because that's really important. Um, Matt, you wanna take your words and you yeah. can start?
2: Again, like Dan said, thank you very much for coming out is something we're super duper proud of. Better films, we're super duper proud of better fellows. And the thing that I think is really neat is about this project is, you know, we aren't, besides Zuby, we're not like actual technical filmmakers by craft. You know what I mean? Like we're PR people, right? And we're like learning how to do it better. And so it's like all the ones that can be four, like the collison one, the Saint one, which you know Saint, whatever, for those of you who know him. Um, <laughs> The PG one, like all these different things we kind of stretch ourselves and gotten better at. And this is like a super, super important thing that we're doing in Tulsa. It's a super important topic. And I really, I'm thrilled with the timing of how we've gotten better at doing these films. Is coming at a time when we can tell the story of the first year of Thunder Films. So that's personally what I'm most excited
1: about. So I hope you guys enjoy it. The, the other part of this is when we first decided to be OKC Thunder Films, One of the biggest reasons is the tremendous partnership we've already had with Dead Center Film Festival from a marketing standpoint. But then, starting in 2018, we expanded that into a true content partnership. So, Kathy Fortune is the director of Dead Center Film Festival. I'd invite you say a few words yeah. about uh, the customer or or Yeah, sure.
3: Thank you. Well, and we are. I mean, I, I believe it's been a successful collaboration. We're so excited to collaborate with the Thunder. It's awesome. And just so you guys know, I mean, thank you for being here. This will also be a free screening on Friday night, which is uh, our Friday night frolic. So we hope to have a huge crowd there at Scissor Tail. It's open for everyone. A lot of families bring people out, you know, bring all their kids, and there will be um, food trucks and things like that. This is our 22nd year. And um, this year, we're actually showing 175 films. So if you had, if yes, that's right. So if you enjoyed today, please come back out. We still have passes for sale. And we actually are an Oscar qualifying festival, which has been a goal of ours for a long time. This is our first year. So the winners of the um, our two shorts programs, animation and live action, can actually qualify to win an Oscar, which is awesome. So well, thank I'll you do for, for being <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then uh, stick around. we're gonna have more discussion happen. So thank you again for being here.
2: And if there's anything, I would say, January pointed this out. If you like want to take a video, if you're like excited about something that happens within it and want to think or a video and post it, whatever, just to kind of like put it out there. Feel free to go. Really cool. Don't put the whole thing. You gotta save it for. Right, yeah. for <laughs> but we're not like uh, we're
4: not word of here. Water are we are not get a cease the desist
1: project would be the part of the Dead Center on for this year for Thunder Films. Obviously, the Thunder Films program came up as an as a opportunity. We talked about whether we would do it now in the first year or wait till next year when there's a full year to talk about, let it kind of get off the ground, kind of work through some bugs and that sort of thing. And what we landed on pretty quickly was this year was the time to do it, the first year. These kids are the pioneers of this, you know. And, and, and there was some risk involved in that, from a storytelling perspective. And um, Matt, you might want to talk a little bit about that, about the discussions we had, and we'll kind of go down the line with Nick comparison to and the the main forces behind the creative side of this and the storytelling.
2: Yeah. So when we were going through the discussion on this year, next year, etc., we thought one, as a documentary crew, the most compelling stuff would we'll be in that first year, because you get this thing off the ground. Right. So Sam. Mike, you guys saw, it, had the vision for this thing, and it, there was, it, so it was from that to then the work of identifying who was going to be the executive director, to finding the kids, and all these things were going to happen, because we're documenting this, we're storytellers, and the most compelling stuff we thought was going to be in that first year, so we wanted to use it as an opportunity to tell that story, and then also, as we get the program off the ground, we thought it was a great opportunity to really promote it additionally and kind of the good things that are happening there so that's why we made the decision to do this year and really dive in and i think it's a credit real credit to like the work of everyone that was on fellows as well as the program itself because that was hard work to get the action dan and i like we worked on that stuff too and it, that was hard hard work to kind of filling that out and uh, there's so many people that worked on that, and so I in addition to this, the film I have set my cap to all, anyone and everyone that's worked on that and the project and the program because that's not easy to do and have it run as well as
1: it did in the first year so. yeah, just, just an introduction for those who don't know, Nick Gallo Paris Lawson, Michael Zurbach I think you probably all know Nick and Paris from Valley Sports Oklahoma and the Thunder Broadcast but uh, Michael Zuback is the editor, videographer, and um, really the director of this piece, and very, very creative, and, and uh, just did a fantastic job of this, if you know that because um, you tell me about all the time. <laughs> uh, but, but Nick, we'll start with you, because you guys, you three, were really sort of the architects of the storyboard of this. Yeah. Kind of wh- how it was going to begin, the, the different ebbs and flows of would have.
5: Yeah, we start every year, we start with a storyboard meeting. And in years past, you think about uh, last year's film, Pause the Game, we knew that that was a story that was pretty much confined to that night, March 11, 2020, basically a 26-minute window of, of things that happened. You think about Nick Collison, we, we knew all of his career was kind of behind him. Marc had the same thing. This project was so different because everything was out in front of us, and we were trying to storyboard... Um, a narrative arc to this piece that we didn't know was what was going to happen. We didn't know um, which of the students were going to kind of um, to bubble up as maybe the most interesting or compelling characters. We didn't know that you know some of the staff you, you see with Tina, she just is so charismatic that um, a- as we got into this, we recognized she has to be a major character in this. So um, that was such an interesting process because it, it was part of our normal due diligence at the beginning to do this overarching storyboard. And I think um, we were very successful in actually being able to glean and get what we needed um, from the course of the program to meet that storyboard with also you know being adaptable. Uh, but one of the big things, as I kind of uh, passed it off to Paris, was actually identifying which kids we were really going to try to focus on. Every day that Zuby was up in Tulsa was an investment. It was a day that we couldn't get back. And so we needed to go into this knowing, all right, who are some of these kids that we're gonna to try to focus on from the very jump, from late September. And Paris really took the lead on trying to
3: identify which ones. And, uh, and obviously you saw with, with Reese and Zynga, we got some really good ones. Yeah, there were a lot of kids to choose from. So that was another challenge with this, was every kid had an incredible story. So choosing to, which ones to hone in on that was that was a challenge in itself and thanks to you know Zuby for being boots on the ground and reporting back and then of course all of the Thunderfellows staff up there really helped us with that that process as well. Another thing that was made the storyboard meeting all the more important this year was the fact that you can't tell the Thunderfellows program story without also explaining the Tulsa race massacre and what happened in 1921. You can't tell that story without also telling Sam Presti and Mike Johnson story, right? All of those different elements, and you can't do it without telling Lakina's story and Cedric's story. Like there are a lot of different elements that make this program so important and why it's so um, such a, such a a big thing happening in that area, and so. Finding ways to organize all of those different layers of this story, um, so that you understand the relevance and just kind of the the, the importance that this pro- program has in the Greenwood District. That was a that was a really fun challenge to to be a part of. Um, on top of the fact that I'll let Zuby take this one, but it, it was in Tulsa and we're in Oklahoma City, so there were a lot of miles on yeah. that turnpike for us.
6: Yeah. Just to build a little bit off of what you were saying, is like. Some of the best documentaries don't like focus on the what as more like the why, and so I think that's what we did because you want to focus on like the motives of the characters, like their passion, and it was like you know why Mike and Sam create this program, you know why Lakina has her passion in, in, into the kids, um, why Reese travels an hour north up to North Tulsa to to go to school. Um, So I think that's what we did and from the very get-go we wanted to be authentic Um, but um, it was a challenging road for me because I had to create a bond with these kids early on. Um, We started in September and like one of my first shoots was with Reese on the bus going to North Tulsa and it's like you know what do you talk about you know and how do you like bond with him and how do you like you know um, it was it was awkward for sure like in contrast to like my ride home with him it's like he was chirpy talking about his personal life like wanting to know more about me and um it was it was neat because i really had to create a bond with the kids for them to really open up um and then another challenging part is you know a lot of this was fly on the wall and so you i go up there the the sessions at fellows are about two hours long and so you pretty much have to be hitting record the whole time because you're waiting for That one moment where Latina says something and starts interacting with a kid, and um, you know, so you you are basically just recording nonstop, and so um, like finding those like real authentic moments was was challenging, but um, you know, that's why I went up there about 40 to 50 times throughout the course of a year. So.
1: Great, and we call him Zuby. The kids call him Mr. Z. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing that we definitely want to touch on here today is that you know, each year as we do the projects films, we try to get better. We try to, we try to challenge ourselves to, to really improve the quality. And because of these people, it gets difficult, more difficult every year because of your really high quality work. And one of the things we really wanted to do this year is focus a lot on the music. As you all know, music can make or break a film. and uh, certainly adds a lot to it. And music licensing is not as easy as, you know, going to Apple Music and picking the song you like and plugging it in. It can be challenging, it can be expensive, um, and, and obviously you heard the Nina Simone song, which is a classic and it's beautiful. Um, we did license that. Um, but one of the things that, that we're most proud of with this project is a partnership that we forged with uh, local um, film and music studio a production company called Notice Studios, N-O-T-I-S, and Dakota Riggins and Marcus Brown from Notice join us there. There are four original songs in this film that these guys and, and some great local talent they work with composed, performed, recorded, edited. They helped us with some mm-hmm. other audio editing in this. Um, and Dakota, uh, start with you about the partnership and about what the inspiration for the music that you provided for the film was.
7: Yeah. Um again, Nicole was uh, for a race show, Oklahoma City, and so, of course, being able to work with Thunder was a you know, dream come true for us. Um, we produced uh, the first narrative feature of Black Wall Street, it's called Black Wall Street Burning. Um, and so, attaching to this project was really guy saying it was something that was going to happen I I assume um, because of our work in that area and the music just kind of flowed naturally. Uh, Zubox sent us a couple of clips of them. We just got to sit down and kind of play with it and it just kind of flowed naturally. Um, I think they gave us extremely good direction on what they were looking for and so it just made it really easy to send them something. How do you feel about this?
1: don't like it and but seemed to to work out very well. Well yeah we did and, and I put this yesterday when we showed it to our staff. It was like no well, offense guys but we didn't know what to expect when they composed music for us. When we got those songs back in we were blown away by how, how great they were and how appropriate and completely perfect for this film. So the, the other thing is that those four original songs um, are up now on Apple Music and on Spotify, where you can download and stream it. We also have a uh, Caesar Dreamwood playlist that has those songs, has the newest most song, and a whole bunch of other songs that weren't in the film, but certainly tied to the message and the inspiration of the film. So, um, let open up any <coughs> questions you might have.
4: So I got a question. So in my real life, I'm actually a high school teacher, and that time frame from December to March. I know it was very rough on students because we basically had to go back to like COVID protocol and we had to do all that. So how difficult during this filming process was it to kind of like, like I guess, what am I looking for? So to kind of keep hold of, Knowing what the students were doing and what the Thunder Fellows were doing, because again they were all virtual, and I'm pretty sure you had a you had a point there where in class versus virtual is completely different. And so, how difficult was it to to keep tabs on them and to keep tabs on making sure that the Thunderfellows stay with within that program? Yeah.
1: yeah <laughs>
5: Yeah, I, mean, I would just say you know that was part of the tension that we were able to capture in the film, part of the real-life tension of the program, too. And this is, these are um, hurdles that everyone was trying to overcome. And I think it's actually a, a huge statement to something that Matt was talking about earlier, the perseverance of putting together this program this year. It would have been very easy to say, OK, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Let's hunt and push this down the line and do it some other year. Um, so I think the kind of steadfastness that Presti, Mike Johnson, the Thunder Organization, all down to you know Cedric, Ricky, Wakina. Um, you heard Ricky in the film talking about all of the things that they were doing to keep the kids engaged. Well, they were keeping us in, in the loop and engaged in what was going on with the kids as well. So we were having, you know, you saw Cedric's uh, name was listed there in, in the producers. He met with us every week to make sure that we had an up-to-date uh, look at, into what was going on with each of the kids so that we could Adjust our storyboard if we needed to. We could kind of
3: uh, reconfigure some things as we were doing this in real time. Yeah. One one thing I'll add to that is that um, it was a really important element of the story that it, we didn't want to shy away from. Right. Like everybody was dealing. Everybody is dealing with COVID, and that's a big, uh, you know, part of that that time period. Um, and another hurdle in getting this program started. Um, but what made telling this part of the story kind of unique was that it kind of was a testament to the fellows program and these kids were like still engaged like they're at home and you know normally they're in the Thunderfellows office like actually doing the work in the classroom um, but they were at home and this is their after-school time and they were still like engaged they wanted to kind of come back to the the classroom it just showed that these kids were invested they're excited and they're all in on this program um, which speaks a lot about the program itself. Um, and obviously the, the great folks who run it. So that was a really, really big element of it.
6: Is it a one-year program, or is it something that they continue to do, or are there like different classes, like are you gonna have a new class of Thunderfellows this year, how does that work?
1: It's. I think Lukina said it best yesterday. I mean, what's a Thunderfellow, always a Thunderfellow. Mm-hmm. You know, and Again, this is a program that's a year old. Mm-hmm. We want it to get better. We want to really focus on, on Tulsa and, and um, there will be some new kids we've been to it as we move from year to year but once they're there, there's the opportunities don't stop. Right? That there's are there's programs all summer and into the next year and the level that um, somebody wants to remain part of Thunderfellows, they're always welcome. So is it a one year thing or is it going to continue? Oh, the program itself? Program keys. Definitely going. continue. Yeah,
0: program keys. You guys mentioned that um, you were recording nonstop. Did you guys have any trouble getting the kids comfortable being around, I guess, cameras all the time? Or
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was, took about maybe like a month or two. Um, you know, and you, know, you have to put microphones on them constantly. And so, um, you know, I think at first they were a little like. You know they welcomed me and they welcomed the process but it's very new for them to have a camera in their face 24 7. um you know i think during the interviews um they it was like they like they opened up you know yeah. after getting some kind of questions going but um you know i think after that like you know two month beginning they they really started to kind of welcome me like being around 24 7 so but um, you know i was I was with Lakina on Thanksgiving, you know, going to you know a house full full of people I don't know. You know, and <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, uh, it was an interesting process, but that was like part of my growth too, was to, you know, be in those spaces.
1: We just got used to the camera. Which yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that topic, how many hours of footage
0: did you have? How much did I, you shoot?
1: I checked. It
6: was about, like, I think a little under 200, including wow. interviews. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was. About fifty trips up there, twelve thousand miles driven. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. Anybody else?
0: Have the kids seen the movie yet?
1: Oh, a-
3: cool.
0: No,
1: okay. That's cool. And then actually tomorrow night at the Dead Center screening at Scissor Tail, it's two of the kids, Zinga and Reese, our kids, will come down to watch oh, and watch it. Part of that, that event. So. That's are there thoughts of
7: possibly maybe having an offshoot of something like this outside of Tulsa? Because this is something that could really be good
2: in other places as well. Yeah, you know, when Sam and Mike developed a vision for it, it was for it to always be scalable, um, going to other markets. That's always like, that, that is the vision. But to get there, we gotta get this done in Tulsa. We gotta get everything right, get it working. Don't know how long that's gonna take, before we can scale it. But the vision and the idea is that to get this thing humming and then to scale it and to take it to the markets and you know, kind of share what's happening there. But that is that's a great question with it. And yes,
1: but that's good. Sam really did a reverse.
2: He that was And a special note that all, like, besides, well, the the basketball footage, they filmed that themselves. It's pretty cool. Sam's dad, all the football footage, that was Sam's dad filmed all this. So that was pretty cool. Sam (laughs) had hops.
1: And the other cool thing is to little brother that came in through the door while he was on the Zoom call, we put his name in the credits. Again, you guys, thanks for coming out. We appreciate it. Um, this will be online starting the uh, 19th. We're in, in connection with the 19th, It will also be a Tulsa public screening on June 18th at Circle Cinema. Um anybody's in Tulsa or you know anybody in Tulsa, that's free and open to the public at Circle. So get them there. But then starting the 19th, we'll have it on our social media and YouTube platforms as well as the Dead Center website. So thank you. <coughs>